coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, golf headlines, including a massive playoff in Mississippi. And we're recapping last week's LPGA Tour stop where I was, plus a big headline as Lexi tees it up with the boys. We're tuned into the Golden Bachelor and the Haunting. And this week's guest, LPGA Tour veteran, major champion, Angela Stanford, fresh off assistant captain role at the Solheim Cup. She breaks down the vibe in the team room. Really cool conversation that I got to have in person with Angela there. And it's a Thanksgiving menu decision and pizza talk when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We love golf. We love golf events and we love Desert Fox Golf products, which is why it's really easy for you out there, the listener to make money off of going to future golf events that you're already playing in. That's right. If you know of a future golf event at your club or a friend that's organizing one or a fun golf outing that needs Desert Fox phone caddies, cigar holders, swing aid tumblers, and more for your team and your groups and your players, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know about the event. If they book Desert Fox, you get a cash referral. It's as simple as that. Again, if you have a golf event that is on your schedule and you're playing in it, and you want a cash referral, if they hook you and your group up with Desert Fox Golf Products, just hit us up at COL Podcast on Instagram. Again, at COL Podcast on Instagram. Send us a message about the event. We'll connect you to the Desert Fox team, and the rest is history. Again, we appreciate you supporting Desert Fox Golf. We love their gear. You'll love it for events, too. Check out DesertFoxGolf.com. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex they had a gargantuan five man playoff at the sanderson farms uh open at jackson country club in mississippi and uh a 45 foot putt yeah. was drained for birdie by Luke List to break free of the pack on that very first hole and take the W. Uh, he's he's a winner, a two-time winner now on tour after he won just uh, two years ago, I think it was. Yeah, that was um, at the uh, t- Farmers, Tory Pines yeah, was that first one. Yeah. yeah a couple years ago. Um, and he he got uh, he got himself a W there. But, but the real question is, was this uh, Luke List claiming the victory, which he did, or was this Ben Griffin – throwing the whole thing down the shitter. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. It's tough. Like when there's so many guys in the playoff too, you, you think your guy has an opportunity. Ben Griffin was one of my picks in my article heading up into this week on runyourpool.com. Uh, I liked his chances. I think I like him again, maybe this week at the Shriners off of that form. So it was, it was close. We almost got that winner, but regardless, Mike five man playoff, usually when golf tournaments go to a sudden death, it's very often just two or maybe three guys uh, having five of them, all on the tee, just, just taking rips at it for the trophy was cool to see. Scott Stallings in it, Ludwig Oberg. It's not Aberg. We got to get used to that. It's Oberg, uh, also part of that fresh off the Ryder Cup win for his own right. Uh, so impressive just to see five guys all in the sudden uh, death playoff at the same time. Yeah, at what point do we have to split the playoff into two groups? I think it's six. I think that's the number. Six, maybe we go two threesies if we're six or something like that. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's probably the breaking point. Uh, so regardless, cool to see all those guys vying for a chance. And yeah, Lucas drained that bomb 
when he needed it in sudden death to get the win. So shout out to Luke List for winning. The LPGA was at the Colony in Texas for the Ascendant LPGA. And uh, claiming the victory by four shots was the South Korean Hyo Ju Kim. Did I, yep. did I say that right? Pretty good on the pronunciation, Mike. I'll go B plus for you there, too. Nice work. Uh, Hyoju Kim, uh, impressive win. Kind of borderline wire to wire. It was one of those things where she distanced herself um, pretty early in the weekend uh, and just didn't really face much of a challenge. Ataya Titi Cool was up there for a bit. There were a few different Americans that were volleying in and around the first page of the leaderboard. Uh, Lexi Thompson showed up at the end, who we'll get into her in a bit. Uh, but impressive win just to hold off the competition uh, on a course that was definitely playing tricky, Mike. Uh, we finally had the cold front come through on Texas. So it was the, it was in the 90s when I was out there for the practice rounds, but it was like 70s and cool and damp uh, once the weekend came around. So adverse conditions, impressive win there for Kim. Yep, that was the second straight wire-to-wire winner on the LPGA Tour. And you were there early in the week during the practice rounds capturing some uh, some nice little tidbits. What are we looking forward to seeing from you? Yeah, so I have this week's guest on uh, my interview with Angel Stanford, which was nice to do, you know, face-to-face in the comforts of a media center. Uh, I don't get to do interviews like that often. Great view there at the Old American and, and my days on COL Podcast and, and Course of Life Alex on Instagram if you want to check out. Um, some highlights there, but video wise, Mike, you're going to appreciate this, uh, followed a few different players around. So we're going to have some practice round content in an upcoming YouTube video. That'll be in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. We also walked nine holes with Annie Park, who we've had on the show earlier this year. And we even threw the mic onto Annie's caddy, Scotty for a hole. So we're getting all the interaction, the deciding the clubs as they work their way through a practice round, trying to get ready for the week. Annie did end up making the weekend as well, finishing in the top 30. So it'll be cool to show off that behind the scenes perspective, Mike, little uh, golf channel playing lessons from the pros for, for a throwback reference there. Very nice. Can't wait to see it. The other thing I can't wait to see is uh, Tuesday Night Golf with the TGL. It's going to be on ESPN coming in January. How excited are we for really top golf on television? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting vibe. I like the Tuesday night selection. I think in terms of where that falls in the calendar, it obviously works very well for the tour players themselves, it still allows them to maybe play in some of those early Florida swing events because the stadium is kind of located near that Jupiter Palm Beach hub area. From what I understand, it sounds like it's about a 2000 person uh, seat stadium. What are your thoughts on kind of the, the venue and the early renderings that we've seen of what it might look like? Look, all I need to know is, uh, are we going? I mean, can, uh, can we go? It would be a fun trip. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. Like I said, Tuesday nights, two-hour matches. Best players are signed on. You can run through the roster, but obviously it's headed up by Tiger and Rory. So what else do you need to know? But it's essentially bringing a top golf stadiumized version of golf competition to primetime television. Nice condensed two-hour 18 holes. You can't beat that tee time and round time right there. And they're going to have basically themselves hitting into a simulator type of screen for the longer shots, but they're going to work in some sort of green that I think maybe moves or changes in undulation and pattern. I'm, I'm very curious to see what that's all going to look like come January. Yeah, what I need to know is, are we going to have bunkers that also change depth at different points? So when they're in a bunker, they need to, you know, it can change. And can that be controlled? Like, oh, you lost the previous hole. So if you're in a bunker, the other team gets to choose the depth of the bunker for you. 
I think so. Based on my simulator experience, the way it's going to work is it's going to be, it's going to look maybe 2D, but it'll present 3D in terms of the type of contact you need to make. You do need to make a certain type of contact with the ball when you're hitting out of a quote unquote bunker, even in a simulator setting. They do account for the consistency of the sand and how the ball is supposed to react and come out. So I hope to see that type of technology on display. Again, I'm going to be fascinated to see how the putting and the chipping works, which is apparently going to be done live, you know, in front of everyone everyone in that stadium setting and not into the screen itself. Uh, so again, the TGL details announced. Go through the roster there. Who are the highlights of some of the guys that you want to see play outside of obviously Tiger and Rory? I mean, obviously Tiger and Rory. And then we, we got John Rahman there too. So we got some, Good personality. some of the best. Uh, you know, when I look at who else I think is going to be fun to watch here, uh, Justin Thomas is always fun. Ricky Fowler is in that mix. Uh, Adam Scott is honestly kind of a fun guy to watch. So it would be How like a Max Homa for sense of humor. I, I mean, is he going to be live tweeting as he hits? Is he going to hit a shot and then turn to his phone and tweet something? Because I mean, why not? It's Tuesday. Yeah. It's a Tuesday night exhibition, Mike. I mean, you might, yeah. you might as well let the man tweet while he plays. I think. I think that exactly. makes sense. So exactly, it's a good little cast. I like that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll be fun. Uh, and, you know, they're doing this and they're going to get paid. But you know what else? Yeah. At least one guy wants to get paid for. That's playing in the Ryder Cup. Oh, yes. This is a big story yeah. in the past week as well. We just missed the boat for last week's episode uh, when the when the fallout began uh, after Marco Simone and, and the Ryder Cup disaster. Yeah, we, we know that Patrick Hanley wants to get paid. That's the main reason why he was kind of like pro live, not because he wanted to go to live, but because he wanted guys to get paid on the PGA Tour. And now it's like, you know what? I don't want money to go to my my charities. I want money to come to me. Which is again the most selfish thing in the world to me. Yeah, I mean the bit the being paid to play in the Ryder Cup thing is just interesting because so many players have stepped before him and gone before him and, and never requested a dollar to play for their country the way they see Olympians doing and, and all the other sports around the world that we see uh, on, on a every four year basis or every two year basis. So yeah, I mean, listen, he's kind of just part of that new age where he just wants to be really, you know overtly compensated for everything he does, no matter what realm it is, as long as it's him picking up a golf club, he feels that right. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a hill that I'm not sure he's going to get a ton of support from, but he seems pretty vocal about it in recent weeks. I mean, I mean, the Ryder Cup is like the Olympics, right? Even though we're now golf is in the Olympics again. But I mean, in terms of like, this is not about the money. This is about the pride. And if you plus you didn't win this year, you didn't do anything to help him win this year. So why <laughs> why are you wanting to get paid? You're saying if this was a blowout USA win, maybe his tune would sound a little bit different, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. But I, I just think it's all a crack. Um Hey, let's talk about our YouTube channel. I don't know if everyone's checked it out over there, but of course, if you're listening to our podcast on YouTube, then you're already here. Um, but if not, you can you can check out the podcast on YouTube, and we've got uh, a little fun video about uh, what it's like to go playing slots all over Illinois. Because I guess I learned this now watching this video from you, Alex, that you can play slots in just about everywhere in Illinois. Yeah, and the most humiliating spot, which you saw, was the breakfast diner I went to called Gill. Yeah. It's basically one of those breakfast places that's only open from like 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And lo and behold, Mike, you can you can order up your pancake plate with bacon and eggs. And, and then once you get your orange juice ordered, you can walk into the back room and play slots at 8 in the morning while, while so, your breakfast is getting cooked up. It's unbelievable. 
I guess my question is, we always thought the degenerate gamblers were in Vegas, but are they really in Illinois? Yeah, that I think that's the question that's answered with this video. And you can see the kind of the full bevy and array of, of venues that I went to where slots are provided. So so check that out on the YouTube channel again, Course of Life podcast on YouTube. And then coming up next week is going to be the golf side of the adventures in Illinois. And, and the, the mini spoiler, which you can get excited for, is we got birdies on camera. You know, it's it's hard, Mike, because I can't film every single shot I hit out there. But you want to try and film some highlights, and lo and behold, I finally got those. So I'm excited to show up the uh, the golf content from Illinois as well. And just in case everybody thought that you were just you were just kidding the whole time that you can actually make birdies. Right. And again, my, my thing is like, I just, I'm really just looking broadcast for hole in ones on par threes and birdie putts. Like that, that's been my main thing recently. I just got to log some of those and then we'll get to the more absurd highlights eventually. But uh, yeah, highlights coming to the YouTube channel pretty soon as well. All right, let's look ahead to this next weekend. The PGA Tour heads to Vegas for the Shriners Children's Open. Always a fun week. And uh, we're going to have Lexi Thompson in the field, the seventh woman to be in a PGA Tour field. Mm, that's quite the headline. And then, like I said in the preview, Mike, you know, listen, let's let's admit we're in October on the PGA Tour calendar. We are peak football season, hockey and basketball, like coming right at us any moment now. It's tricky for some of these PGA Tour stops to get some attention, sell some tickets, get people through the gate. And this is definitely something that's going to put a lot of eyeballs on the PGA Tour. Obviously, having Lexi Thompson try her hand at a full-scale PGA Tour venue, it's going to be interesting to watch. Like you mentioned, only the seventh woman to do it, Mike. The Actually, the most recent friend of the show, past guest Brittany Lincecum. She almost mm-hmm. made the cut. She's the only one ever to shoot an under-par round as a woman playing. She had that wonderful hold on Friday. She didn't make the cut. So the really the question is, can Lexi flirt with and potentially make the cut and play the weekend? That's what everyone's going to be looking so, to watch. So here's my question. Here's my is if I, I wonder if there's a line out here for this. There probably isn't. Uh, chance. What what has a better chance? Lexi Thompson making the cut yep. or Tom Kim repeating and defending his championship? Yeah, that's a that's a fair question. Tom Kim's leading the odds right now. I think, or he's one of the top. Uh, guys in like the 10 to 15 to 1 odds range. Lexi Thompson probably has better odds to make the cut, I would say, if I had to check. I'll double check the props, but I'm guessing she's somewhere in the plus 300 to plus 500 area to make the cut. I don't think it's unforeseen. She does it mainly, Mike, because she's got the length off the tee. So she's not going to be hitting absurd clubs in. It's all going to be coming down to the putter and her short game. That has been the death of her. It kind of ruined her at the end of the Solheim Cup. She had a good week and some good weeks recently on the LPGA Tour to kind of put things together around the greens. But, you know, it's different under the PGA Tour lights. So we'll see if she can adjust to that. It's not a super long course, though, so it should be entertaining to watch, if nothing else, and see if she comes close to making the weekend. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. As we've said a couple times now, Alex, it is October. Yep. Spooky season. October October means spooky movies. So on Sunday, uh, my wife put on uh, the uh, quote-unquote original. It's not really the original. It's based on a book. Uh, The Haunting from 1963, I think it is. It's actually considered one of the best horror films of all time. It's in the list of like 100 movies to watch before you die. Um, And it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, And then we watched her one of her favorite movies, which is the 2000 version of The Haunting, which is just atrociously bad. 
just yeah i don't know if the so remakes horrible. in that pop 2k area were that many they're that much of a banger i'm, I'm remembering yeah. a lot of duds around that time so that that checks out and it has liam neeson in it and owen wilson and um it's just not owen wilson. it's not great yeah owen wilson yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that doesn't it's, seem like uh, a fit for for a remake yeah. of a haunted halloween movie no. okay no it's not that great it's not that great um but the original was quite good so if you're looking for something that's maybe a little different because it's an older horror film it's more cerebral it's not going to have really it has like one jump scare in it uh i would recommend watching the original the haunting uh, who the director? I'm bringing the name of the director. Actually, also directed um, West Side Story. Um, oh, very cool! Nice so, connection there. Uh, Oscar winner for that right there. Um, and then we we kind of wrapped up the day Sunday by watching the 2023 version of The Haunted Mansion. This is the one that just came out like two months ago. <laughs> so a lot of haunted content for you. The the question is, Mike. Do you believe in things or buildings or properties being haunted? Does does that check out to you? Can you wrap your head around that? Are you in on things being haunted? Um, no. Yeah, it's a tricky no. it's a tricky reach for me. I would love to be a ghost adventures guy and really like lean into all that stuff, but I don't know. I'm too practical at times to think something like that's real. Look, I live in one of the self-described uh most haunted cities in America. True, in Savannah, yeah. which is surprising, which I didn't know when I came here. Um, but no, I don't. So you would have seen something it. by now is what you're saying? <laughs> uh, yes, I think I would have by now. Yes. All right. There you go. Haunting in the Haunted Mansion. Love it. Uh, yeah, I'm tuned into basically uh, what the Bachelor Nation and Bachelor World are raving over now. It's a extremely sophisticated, mature, civil and wholesome look on The Bachelor, Mike, you know how fraudy and frivolous my Bachelor Bachelorette love is, but this seems to be a lot more genuine because we've now basically got an old person's version of The Bachelor that has, that has premiered in the last couple weeks on the ABC. We've got 71-year-old Gary looking for love. He's a great guy, a widow who's married to his wife for a long time. His daughters put him up to it. He's a, he's a handsome devil. And all the women are over the age of 60, Mike. So it's a very interesting, more mature look at the uh, falling in love on TV process. And I, and I have to say, I think I'm enjoying it because it just feels a lot more genuine. You know, people at this age, they they have a lot less to lose in life. So they're, they're a lot more straight to the point. And I'm, I'm appreciating the, the boldness from the ladies as well, too. Love it. So, so, uh, Who's the Betty White character? There are a few. Okay, so April is the one who's very vibrant. She's sixty-five, but she doesn't act a day over forty. So, so she's she's a she's a ball of sunshine and a ball of energy. Um, they jokingly had Jimmy Kimmel's aunt Chippy on the the pilot episode. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mike, eighty-four-year-old Chippy, she took too long of a nap and she just slept right through the rose ceremony. So she did not get a rose on night one. Um, so there's That's some comedic good. relief going on, but it's fun watching Gary and the Golden Bachelor. Just a nice feel good sentimental genuine piece of programming a, a little bit of a change up to the uh the crazy drama that exists on the bachelor and bachelorette normally there you go golden bachelor yep. all right let's get into this week's guest alex uh as you said earlier you got to connect with some past guests on the course of the ascended lpga at the colony but this sit down features a texan who is a longtime veteran on the lpga tour 
yeah, talking like 20 plus years and we get into everything she's been through, not only with her playing career, but the recent role, like I said, that Solheim Cup. She was in there in the team room alongside Captain Stacey Lewis with Team USA. A lot of interesting behind the scenes conversation. She kind of sets the vibe for what the team was like. And she had some interesting things to say about the emotions of Team USA throughout the week, which I thought was very telling as well. We'll get to that conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all. You can challenge other people to really kind of have a throwdown, a little short throwdown on what you think is uh, an important topic that should be discussed, like who's going to win more games this season, the Patriots or Giants? Right. Yeah, you can come laugh uh, at us because our recent live takes are all centering around how horrible our NFL teams are, which we'll get to shortly. But that that's what you're finding on the live take is a lot of our despair, but also us just debating everything that's current in golf and sports as well. That's right. It's uh, live take. You can follow us on there. I'm COL podcast, Michael. He's COL podcast, Alex. You can vote on our live takes. You can challenge us to one. You can drop your own little hot take as well and see what the interwebs think of your opinions and uh, receive validation or rejection as it turns out to be sometimes as well. Live take. Check it out in your app store and let your take be heard. All right, next up on the tee from right here in Texas, she's an LPGA winner, major champion, Solheim Cup veteran player, and now assistant captain on her resume as well. It's Angela Stanford joining us. Angela, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Great to have you here. Like I mentioned, you are born and raised in the Fort Worth area. Um, Tell me how it feels to have a bit of a home game this week for you. I mean, there's really no way to describe it except you're sleeping in your own bed. I mean, truly, and and it's also one of those weeks that when you're at home, there's always so many things to do. Like you're running errands or you're, you know, you're having dinner with people. And literally because it's a tournament week, right? it's just, you just go home. That's it. So um, I, I love this week for that reason. I, I stick to a tournament schedule, but have the, the luxury of having my own bed at the end of the day. Yeah. So what, tell me about those, those favorite comforts of being local in a week like this. So when I'm home in Austin, I immediately go back and I get tacos and yeah. barbecue. Those are like the first two <laughs> things I need to do within 24 hours of getting back. Yeah. What, what's that for you when you uh, get back here? Exactly. Like anytime I get it off, off an airplane, especially overseas, I go straight to a Mexican food place, get some tacos. Um, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, all your favorite restaurants, like, you know, you can cook at home. Like, when you go to tournaments around the country, around the world, you're kind of searching for that. You know, you're kind of like, gosh, you know, this place looks good, but how do I know? But here, like, you know, I know every taco spot from here home. So what was the uh, mix over in Spain? I'm curious. What was, was Stacy setting up uh, Team USA meals that had you guys feeling at home? Was there Spanish food? Was it a mix? Tell me a little bit. You know, we actually went off campus uh, one night and had some of the, I never say it right, the paella. Paella, yeah. We did that. Um, that was awesome, just to get a taste of Spain. Um, and, and the club was great. I mean, the hotel was great. The resort, they did they did very well. They had very nice food. But about midweek, we were all ready for a cheeseburger. Mm, yes, of course. <laughs> Gotta have a good burger, especially after a round of golf. Just, yeah. It seems right. <laughs> now, um, yeah, so obviously getting back from that trip, being assistant captain for Team USA for the Solon Cup, I know it wasn't the end result that we wanted, but tell me what stood out to you from the fight that we saw mm-hmm. in the team. It was all week to the very last wire, especially as the away team as well, too. 
Yeah. And I think Stacy did a great job. And the thing that she said to the team at the very end was we didn't lose, you know, we, granted we did not bring the cup home, but we didn't lose it. Um, and we had five rookies. And if you look at that team from top to bottom, I'm mean, really Lexi and Danielle were the only two with any true experience Yeah, past two or three years. So, I mean, we were going in with a really inexperienced team and, and for them to be in Europe and the crowd got really rowdy and for them to, to pull a tie, I just think I kept telling Stacy, I'm like, look, this was a, this a foundational week. Like they're going to do great things in the future because of what you and we did here. Yeah, there is that momentum I could mm-hmm. see from the end of Sunday as well, too. It's exciting. And we'll build that up, obviously, for the next couple of years. So so now you've seen the, the playing and the captaining experience. Yeah. How, how is that different <laughs> comparing the two for you? Well, I, I tell people, usually when you're playing, you're only worried about yourself. When you're an assistant, you're worried about 12 people <laughs> and then a few others. So yeah. I think it's more difficult to, to be on this side of it. Um, and I and I do miss playing in it. I mean, it's it's the highest honor you can have is to play for your country. And um, so I do miss playing, but just to be in the team room with them and, and help them um, any way I can is it's pretty special to still get to be a part of it. How about the uh, the science? I think people are fascinated to learn about the science of learning about creating the pairings and matchups and the order and how that all mm-hmm. breaks down. What, what did you kind of take away from seeing that for the entirety of the week? Stacy went very much on stats this year. Um, but then you do still have the element, the human element. Right. So, you know, she would go to players and say, look, we really would like you to play with so-and-so. Can you give it a try? Um, and, and some players could do it. Some players couldn't. And, but that's the personality aspect of it. You have to listen to the players when they say, I just, we don't mesh. Yeah. Um, so numbers can only take you so far, but we found a couple of pairings that, you know, we wouldn't have found without that. So interesting. Okay. And, and how about her as a captain? We actually had Stacy on at the beginning of the year. I met her at the PGA <laughs> show and that was eight, nine months ago. Yeah. And I was trying to ask her questions about her game and stuff. And she was already locked in yeah. <laughs> and trying to figure, figure things out nine months ago. I, I love seeing her like little stoic energy and, and like, most intense times, but what, what did you take away just from her as a captain? She did good. I mean, she, she was, her big thing was, I want to be prepared. I want to be prepared from day one. And she did that. And I think that that helped the girls, the ladies going over there. Um, they knew what to expect. They knew what was coming at them. And, you know, of course you're always going to have surprises, but I, I feel like Stacy prepared them as much as possible. And, um, you know, when they got there, they weren't wondering, well, who am I going to play with? What, you know, it was really about getting there and now learning the golf course. Like Stacy took care of every other thing that you can imagine before we got there. So when you get there, it's all about golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so she did um, everything she tried to do. <laughs> she did it. No, that's <laughs> awesome. It was great to see her leaning from the front for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, tell me a little bit about the team room and the game and the vibes and the energy. What was going on there? And give people a little behind the scenes look as to what how Team USA got through the week. At yeah, nights. you know, it was a very different crowd, very different group. Um, not in a bad way. They just they they're not real rah rah. Like they don't need to be hyped up. They don't. We had some videos that we played that as the week progressed, you could see them kind of gelling and becoming a team and. Um, you know, but like they enjoyed the videos, they enjoyed that stuff, but they didn't necessarily need that. Um, and I think it was funny cause Morgan kept saying they just, they, they won't get loud. And I'm like, I don't think they need to be loud. Like, and even a couple of them were kind of like, just let me go do my thing. And they were great in the team room but when they got on the course, let me do my thing. And I love that. I, I love that about this group. They, you know, I think it's fine when you get on the course to be yourself as long as you can be a team in the team room. And yeah. they did that. I thought okay. it was awesome. No, I like that. I appreciate the, the moments of intensity there. 
cool stuff. Very good perspective from Angela Stanford here. Join us on the course of life. Um, I mentioned your winning career that you've already put together, highlighted by the 2018 Evian Championship. Um, for those who don't know, they know because they've seen how beautiful that event is and that yeah. backdrop. Um, tell me a little bit about the prestige of that event, being a major in women's golf, but also at just such a stunning location too. Yeah, you know, we used to play there um, not as a major. Um, so right. my first time over there was 2006. And I've I've gotten to watch the changes and I've watched it turn into a major. And, and the thing, the reason I think it's special along with AIG, um, you know, we are a worldwide tour. So it only makes sense to have a major to out of our country. Yeah. Um, I, I think that shows that our tour is growing and we embrace the fact that we are a worldwide tour. Um, and then the setting of it, you know, and I think the thing about that sponsorship is that they, they went all in. I believe if I'm correct, they have spent the most money of any sponsor when it comes right down to it on our tour right now. Yeah. Um, they've it shows in the promotion of the event for sure. Yeah. And anything the tours asked for, they've done. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think people appreciate sponsors like that as much as, as we should. I mean, they're, they're true partners. They're not just, Hey, we're putting our name on this event. Right. Like they want to make women's golf better. And so I have the utmost respect for, for those guys that, um, put that on and, um, truly appreciate it. I, I told Mike Juan, I said, you know, I appreciate the fact that you gave me another major because apparently I couldn't get it done in four. So I needed a fifth one. <laughs> That's right. More at bats, right? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Love it. And um, so heading back home here, um, plan of attack and thoughts on this course. This is an interesting site for me. I'm in Austin. I drive up here north of Dallas. Wasn't sure what to expect when I saw the course. And I see this beautiful lake surrounding yeah. the property. Um, what's your kind of knowledge and background on this track specifically? I mean, I think it's it's a place that you need to play a lot. Um, I think the green complexes are really tricky and really difficult. The greens are odd shapes and yep. your angles coming in from the fairway are really tough. You're going to chip a lot. I I think the year I won in 2020, it was the most greens I've ever missed in a win. Um, oh, so it's, the greens are really difficult to hit. And I've just played nine this morning and the greens are firm. So now, you know, you have some release and there's Bermuda grass around this green. So um, I just think your short game is so important this week. Well said. It's Ange Stanford on Instagram. That's where you can follow if you <laughs> want to check her out on social media. Um, let's get to some fun questions now. Uh, your bio says that you're a big sports center fan. I'm curious, who's your favorite anchor or anchor combo in sports center? It could be, could be new, old, or anybody. Um, you know, I think, I think Van Pelt, Scott Van Pelt, he's great. Yep. Um, right after a big game, yeah, Scott Van Pelt comes yep. on and just like yep. breaks everything down in 30 seconds. I like love it. The way he can. Um, yeah. I think Stuart Scott changed things for, for everybody. Yeah. Um, ter miss, miss him terribly on SportsCenter. Um, and, and then, you know, the, these ladies now, Elle Duncan, um, just all the women that have come on the scene. Yeah. Um, I love seeing them. Uh, Nice. So, my yeah. favorite duo is the, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Randy Scott and Gary Strusky, who's originally from the Boston area where I am, because they do the Saturday morning that leads into college game day. Yeah. Which is probably my three favorite hours of the week. Yeah. I hear you. As a football fan. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I appreciate that one the most. But, um, and speaking of game day, you're TCU alum, Horn mm -hmm. Frog, you were offering to sing the fight song already before we even <laughs> talked. Um, but tell everyone a little bit about, um, your background with TCU and, and what a game day is like for you if you get to a game as well too. Yeah. You know, I coming out of school, I wasn't highly recruited and I've lived in a 30 mile radius my whole life. So TCU was always just right there. Okay. And I always loved TCU. And again, I wasn't highly recruited, but TCU did. So I played golf there and 
I just, I couldn't see myself going anywhere else. Uh, game day. Now it's hard. I probably get to two or three a year. Um, I've gone soft. I have, I have club level seats and I go inside when the weather gets a little iffy, but um, I've definitely gone soft in my, (laughs) in my game day experience. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I mean, that program's come a ton of a distance since you, since you were playing there. Yeah, I, I was there. Um, I was, I always tell people the year that we beat SMU, I believe it was 1998. It was our, no, sorry, 97. Somewhere right in there. It was our only win of the year. <laughs> and it would have sent, if SMU would have won that game, it was my sophomore year, so it had to be 97. If SMU would have won that game in our stadium, they would have gone to a bowl game for the first time since oh, the death okay. penalty. And we beat them. And they stormed the field. All like 50 people that were there. And I remember standing there thinking, don't they know we're 1 in 10? <laughs> so I saw the 1 in 10 season all the way till I was sitting at a national championship game last year. So... It's it's been a fun fun ride to watch, and I mean I bleed purple, so it wouldn't matter if we were one and ten or you know twelve, thirteen, no, or whatever. So I have yeah. no idea if it's out there, but I'd love to see the video: fifty fans storming the field <laughs> yeah. for a one and ten season. That, that's a new one for me. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot of field storm, not that. There, it didn't fill the like one half of the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five yards covered there. Yeah, um, we're both Texans here. I'm in Austin, and you're obviously local to this area. And uh, we both did the Bucky's trip Chevron Championship week in April when I was out there in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about your Bucky's must-haves. That's just pretty much become an addiction for me anytime I'm doing one of these road trips in the Lone Star State. Yeah, you stop. You got to get the fountain drink. Um, I usually get a taco or a burrito. Um, and then some random snack that like you would never get anywhere else. <laughs> and I don't I don't have any, any specific favorites outside of the tacos, but... Yeah. You just randomly grab snacks that you would never eat. I think that's why I love Bucky's. And everyone's kind of might be cringing at the thought of getting hot food at a gas station, but I'm telling you, this is the real deal. Yeah. I had a Texas cheesesteak burrito there yeah. last time I went down oh. for a UTSA football game. Yeah. And I was blown away by how yeah. good it was. You just you awesome. wouldn't think you'd be getting that there. Again, <laughs> slow smoke barbecue, bakery, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Shout out to Bucky's. And, and we finish our, <laughs> with our 19th hole question, which is similarly related. Uh, when you get into your favorite clubhouse after a great day on the course, what's your favorite meal and drink to order at the 19th hole? Oh, um, after a really good round, yep. birdie I, the last. Birdie the last. I want some chips and queso and a crown and diet. Nice, good combo. And we've sorry, been doing kids, this show for close to five <laughs> years, and sadly, I think you might be the first chips and queso, which is nuts. Oh, I, because we're all Texas here. Yeah, I, but, I mean, uh, I, I tell people if you put. Me in front of queso, guacamole, salsa, some chips, and a crown and diet or a margarita, and just leave me alone. That's an insane amount of food groups covered, too. Like I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah, it's the yeah. entire food pyramid there. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, thank you so much for hopping on A Course of Life. Again, looking forward to watching your play the rest of the season and uh, to future Solheim Cups as well, too. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're back. Great chat there with Angela. I I love hearing the intensity that Team USA had throughout the week. It's you're there to win the cup. That's what you're there to do. They are, yeah. And I know they fell a half point short in their mind. Obviously, Europe retaining because of the tie rule, but 
it was interesting to hear her talk about that emotion. You you kind of expect a little bit more exuberance and kind of, you know, off the cuff humor and crazy moments from the team, but no, very intense, very steely eyed from the competitors. I think that could bode well for future Solheim cups and officially, especially future ones on the road. That's that type of demeanor you need to win an international competition like that, whether it be a Solheim cup or Ryder cup on, on foreign soil. So good to see and very encouraging to hear uh, from Angela as well too. And, the one fact I need to bring up, Mike, she had her press conference right after we had that interview, and I did not realize this This cannot get left out of our episode, Mike. Angela Stanford is closing in on playing in 100 majors in a row on the LPGA Tour. How wow. gaudy of a stat is that? Well, the LPGA has five five, five majors, right? Yeah, five, exactly. She won the Evian, the fifth one that she yeah. talked about. So if you're, if you're, she's going on close to two decades strong, getting in every single one, almost. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. A hundred straight, hundred straight, Mike. One hundred straight. That's that's a stat that even Tiger can't do. That's correct. I don't think anyone has on the men's side. Honestly, think about it. It would have to be. It would have to span twenty five years in a row without injury or yeah. anything. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a one of one stat for Angela. And really cool to have her on and get her perspective as well too. And if you like that conversation with Angela, plus everything else we do here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button, leave us a rating uh, or even a review, letting us know what you think of us. Make sure you follow us on the social medias as well. We're on Instagram and threads at COL Podcast. He's CEO. He's Course of Life, Alex. I'm MWRINC. We're Nailed on it. Twitter slash X, Course of Life 1 and MWRINC. And of course, make sure you're following us on YouTube as well. Of course, live podcast. You check all those videos out that we got going up there as well. Let's talk college football. Um, before we get to your picks, Alex, last week you didn't want to use the word with Texas. Uh, they lost the Red River rivalry at the Cotton Bowl. Can you just say that word so we know what you were thinking? Yep, yep. Because uh, the the article's out now on Run Your Pool. Yeah, Texas not back. What dot 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 yet? Mm. That's what I got for you this week. Okay, not back yet. Thirty four thirty. Absolutely heartbreaking loss in the Red River rivalry. Mike, they mounted the comeback. They were down a score. They got the score. They got the stop. They kicked the field goal with a minute left. But you can't leave the minute left on the clock and let the other team walk down. And lo and behold, first loss of the season. It happened just like that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, we'll see what happens as the year goes on. But they did drop like five spots in the AP poll. They so. did, yeah. Still top 10 team. Um, obviously, the move from here is they got to win out and then hopefully see Oklahoma or somebody else in the Big 12 championship game and win that one. If they're a one loss Big 12 champion, they'll probably be in the top four when it's all said and done. So it, that's it. That was that was their hiccup. No, no more from here on out. Well, you know, they may have lost in the Cotton Bowl, but at least they weren't Miami. Oh, my God. I, this needed yeah. 30 seconds. This I was, needed to put Mario Cristobal on draft. Did you see this, by the way? How is Has he been fired yet? That's what I he want to know. Be. Has he been fired yet? I hope he is by just, the time this actually oh runs, God. honestly, if he isn't. But uh, yeah. Miami coach Mario Cristobal um, had third and 10, up a field goal. Other team had no other timeouts. Clock is ticking under 40 seconds, which means all you have to do, Mike, is just take a knee, and the game is literally yep. over. No one can stop the clock. Instead, they have the audacity to actually hand the ball off to a running back who fumbles the ball and Georgia Tech scores in just two more plays at the buzzer to win. Just an all-time idiot of the year, uh, not nominee 
idiot of the year winner in college yeah, football, Mario Cristobal, by far. Already won. And just, uh, I just, look, Madden will tell you what to do when you play Madden. It will wow. be like, do it like all your options when you play Madden and you tell it to suggest plays for you is like, take a knee, take a knee, take a knee, take a knee. I don't even know how you think about running the ball in this situation. How are five coordinators? I mean, they've got a booth full of coordinators for all these big yeah. time college programs. How is the booth full of coordinators not yelling down in the headset on the sidelines to take a knee Maybe they in were. that moment? Maybe they were. I don't know. Crazy. Maybe they were. <laughs> crazy moment but, and then yeah I know. I know here so from here on basically the the theme that we're going to see this week in college football is pack 12 depth mike before the death of the conference the conference is basically disappearing into the sun as it stands right now once we go through the great realignment after next offseason but they've got a whole bunch of teams that are going to be playing big games washington oregon usc all this week so uh, should be interesting to see which pack 12 team uh, shakes out this week but again my run your for my full college football preview which is out each and every week with my picks as well your picks, though, you finally had a winning week. I did. Seven and five. Good to get on the board with a winning week. Uh, Twitter and, and run your pool for the picks weekly. But nice to have some more winners than losers. Always a good thing. All right, let's talk about the NFL. Let's start with my injured Giants. Mm, speaking of losers. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of losers all over the NFL. We played the Dolphins and Daniel yeah. Jones was sacked, what, like six times? I think Daniel Jones over the course of his season has been sacked more times than the Giants have put up points. It's pretty bad. Whatever Remember it is. you just like re-inked this guy to a gigantic contract as well, too? Yeah. Were, you, were we calling yeah. that as well, too? Do you remember that? Yeah, he got he hurt his neck. Though they seem to be optimistic right now that he'd be okay to play the Bills in Buffalo. I don't know why. Just shut him down for the season. Season's well, over. Well, our, our Jones sucks just as much as your does. Mac Jones benched <laughs> yeah. for the second game in a row. Mike, I didn't know that yes. could happen. But Mac Jones he's, was benched he, the second game in a row in a blowout loss. But he's still your starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That tells you how we feel about the rest of the quarterbacks in the room, I guess. Shot, shots at Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, and Will Greer there. But well, uh, the Patriot empire is completely imploded. Things I never thought I'd say. The sky is falling. Boston Sports Talk Radio has fire built calls coming in left and right. And it's 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 a rock bottom that I didn't think we'd get to, Mike. I always knew that there was maybe a floor for what the Patriots could look like in future years after Tom Brady, but I didn't know it could be this low. It, it's it's really scary stuff right now. So here's my question for you, because I don't pay attention to the Patriots, because why? Um, uh, is Bill Belichick trying to recreate Brady? Or is he is he being forced to play quarterbacks he doesn't want? Is or is or is Belichick just a horrible coach that we think is good but really isn't? I think he's a, still a, a great coach in terms of scheming defense. I think his GM work has been horrible, both in free agency and in the draft in the last few years, trying to get support for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a decent, moderate, okay NFL quarterback that needs all the weapons around him to succeed, and he has nowhere near the weapons he could have to succeed. And on top of that, he's also being sloppy and playing poor. So that's a horrible cataclysm of events that leads them to one and four where they sit right now. And Bill, we're starting to wonder, is Bill losing it a little bit from a game plan and personnel perspective? It has to be wondered. Maybe Bill the GM steps down, but Bill the coach stays on for another season or two, or maybe they mutually agree to part ways at the end of the season. I don't think Bill Belichick ever gets fired from that role, Mike, but it could be something a little bit more tidy and formal at the end of the season if it's as bad as it's going right now. 
So if Bill Belichick, here's a crazy question. If Bill yeah. Belichick leaves the Patriots. Yes. Is he done or is he going to go somewhere else? Uh, back to the Jets to coach Aaron Rodgers for his last year. How's that sound? <laughs> That'd be horrible. Just to stick be, it to uh, our face one more time. And he left the Jets once, but he's back for him 24 years later. That'd be quite the storyline. Horrible. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite quite daunting times. Again, check out the live take uh, app where we're going toe to toe, basically in our race to the bottom is what this is going to be. Where we're hashtag caving for Caleb Williams and and wondering who's going to lose more games now. Crazy. Uh, let's do a little all more update because uh, we we have to bring up that it was banner night at Quinnipiac's opener this weekend uh, yes. at the bank. That was nice. Um, raising the championship the banner. national championship banner. And then quickly losing the game in overtime. <laughs> Tough BC. sports weekend. God, it was ugh. It's just disappointing. But you know what? At the same time, like I don't blame them. There, there was a lot going on this week. They got their rings. They raised the banner. There was a ton of, you know, it was homecoming weekend or Bobcat weekend. Um, you know, there was a lot of distractions there. And, you know, I don't I don't really blame them for losing it. But that's they, okay. They I mean, again, <clears throat> we're forever thankful for that banner that's just, that was just lifted and, and stays there forever. Remember, the, the yes. flags fly forever, as they say. The, the, you, yes. you can be you, you can lose games or you could be bad again, but the legacy of that championship stands forever. So I'm, I'm glad we notched that one because it definitely got the monkey off our back for sure. Speaking of the legacy of it, uh, have you listened to the tenth second podcast put out by Quinnipiac? No, sounds sounds lovely. Sounds about sounds like I one know. of the greatest moments of my sport year in, in recent memory. It, it is actually so. It's a podcast. We're kind of diving into uh, the team, the history of the program, um, some of the things that go into the program. They've talked to nutritionists. They've talked about mental health and hockey and sports as well. Uh, they talked to the very first head coach of the Quinnipiac College Braves back in 1975, who had to put up flyers in the dorms to get players to show up yep. and would have maybe 12 guys suiting up in these games. And what I think was hilarious is they had a game at like Fairfield, which is not that far away from Quinnipiac. It's like an hour, maybe, if that. And he got they got on the bus. and The bus driver went. Where am I going? Fairfield? Where's that? <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to get there. It shows you how truly irrelevant our school's hockey program was, and it literally went from feast to famine. We were playing at roller yeah. rinks and, and high school hockey rinks for a while before yeah. things got official, uh, so it's really been cool to see the rise. So pretty pretty cool podcast, the 10th second out there from Quinnipiac. And every episode starts with the student call of the game-winning overtime goal, and I, I get boost, goosebumps and chills every time. I get boost bumps too, whatever those are. I yeah, get those as well I too. I love those. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, let's hashtag always end with food. Yep, our food segment to end every Course of Life podcast. You can check out always end with food uh, for the lovely details of it all. Um, but I'm going to go first, Mike, because I'm going to lead into the pizza you're going to talk about, okay? Mm. I've got two choices for my Thanksgiving theme of 2023. You know, I always put a slightly different spin on my Thanksgiving dinner. So these are a couple that I'm weighing right now. I might poll the people this week on Instagram as well. Uh, but here's the two nominees, Mike. You ready? Yep. All right. Nominee number one is kind of going true to the roots here and doing a bit of a barbecue-themed Thanksgiving, meaning I'll still do the turkey just like I always do, but maybe we do some sort of barbecue-themed marinade to go with it. It gets coupled with a rack of ribs in the oven, and then we do sides like a coleslaw or a cornbread or a mac and cheese or something like that. 
So that's option number one. And then option number two is a football themed Thanksgiving where I still do the turkey, but I lean in. There's just some gluttonous American football snacks. Maybe we even do like an oven baked Thanksgiving themed pizza or something like that, or some wings and just go crazy, crazy with it and lean into the football theme. What, what are we, what are you, what's your lean there between those th- two Thanksgiving themes? Well, first of all, if you do a, a, a football tailgating theme, then you don't do a turkey. You just do turkey legs. Mm, okay. I actually could save me a few dollars maybe if I just get yeah. some legs instead. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's not a bad theme, actually. If you do the barbecue theme, you have to grill your bird. You have to. Yeah. All right. That's going to be tougher logistically then. So you're kind of leaning me towards football. So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm going to say you say that's tougher logistically. I have grilled my bird several times, and I will continue to this year. It is so much easier because it frees up that oven for reheating all the other stuff that you made ahead of time, or maybe you didn't and you need to heat up. Weber charcoal grill, Mike. You think I can do it? You think so? No, I got to. Well, you could do it on a on a charcoal. You got to go get yourself a gas grill. Yeah, <laughs> that's see, what you really go. need. There's our there's um, our hurdle right there. Yeah. So okay. Or you do, or or what you really do to save time is the other thing I do is I spatchcock my turkey. So then it cooks a lot faster too on there. So if you're doing it on charcoal too, you don't need to worry about keeping that flame going for as long if it's spatchcocked. So okay. All right. Well, we'll put the poll up at Always in the Food on Instagram. We'll share it at COL Podcast as well, too, and see which way the people are leaning for the Thanksgiving theme. But it's about to be decision time. Um, I know I, I mentioned a little bit of a possible pizza option in there. What, what was the yeah. pizza that you got into this past weekend? Uh, so I went to a new place in town called Pizza Party. Oh, nice name. Um, like that. Yeah. Put, put on by the good folks at Trailer Park who do a lot of great things, including the uh, Nachos Grande that I've talked about, those waffle fry nachos with fried chicken, pickles, mm, and yes. bacon, and all that fun stuff. Um, so they put a, they got a new place called Pizza Party. Uh, they, got, they got pizzas. They got Hot Pockets um, and all this fun stuff. And the thing that I was most impressed about, it was really good pizza. It was like a shallow deep dish. So it had a nice kind of that kind of deep dish crust going on in terms of crispiness. Um, but I got, I got a meathead pizza and so it had meatball, uh, sausage, uh, bacon, pepperoni, and then a giant meatball in the middle. Oh, wow. 10 inch pizza. Okay. How much would you expect to pay for this? Do you think? Wow. 10 inch meat lover, semi deep dish with some meat on top. God, I mean, boy, it depends where you are in the country, but I mean, that could run you. It could run you over 20 at least for sure. Yeah. I mean, for a 10 inch pizza. Yeah. That's what you're saying. $12. Whoa. Deal alert. The price is here. You can get a 10 inch pepperoni for $10. All their specialties were either $12 for a 10 inch or a 16 inch large was like 22. Uh, prices were great for a place. So. Definitely going back there. Nice vibes and the kind of 90s vibes going on throughout. They got video game stuff all over the place. Um, Really cool place. Uh, Pizza party here in Savannah. That's really what the people need, Mike, because they just need deals out there. This economy ain't great, you know? A lot of families were there. You can all get your own kind of personal pie. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Good stuff. Pizza party. Love it. That's a wrap on this week's Course of Life. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe if you made it this far, and we'll see you next week. Mm